Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the second episode of the TV show Shrinking. The show is created by Bill Lawrence, Jason Segel and Brett Goldstein. This episode's title is Fortress of Solitude, written by Brett Goldstein and directed by Rai Russo Young. The episode opens with Jim sitting in the dark in the corner of his living room. He imagines his wife walking up to him but she stops by the light switch in the distance. She turns on the lights. Jim realizes that it's not his wife but his daughter. She says it's creepy of him to sit alone in the dark. Jim quotes Gary Oldman's dialogue from Dracula. Jim is aware about the meeting with Alice's guidance counselor which he promises he'll attend. Jim checks with Alice if she would like to have dinner with him. But Alice already has Taco Tuesday plans with Liz. Liz waits for Alice in the car grooving to the song Psycho Killer by Talking Heads. Jim discusses his and Alice's situation with Paul over the phone. Jim reveals that his efforts to reconnect with Alice completely backfired and now he's losing hope. Paul explains that Alice is not ready yet and Jim needs to wait it out. That's how it is with the people that you love. Jim takes this as a love confession from Paul. Jim jokes that he is not ready to say it back yet. It's a cool scene with a cute conversation. Jim bails Sean out of jail. Sean informs that Grace's husband Donny will definitely come after him so he'll need a lawyer. Lucky for him, Jim already knows a lawyer. His name is Brian. He also happens to be Jim's best friend. Jim makes a call to Brian and feels awkward talking to him. Brian reacts saying, "That's normal." The title sequence begins. Jim and Gabby discuss Sean's case, but when Paul walks into the office kitchen area, they go quiet. If you notice you can see Paul's shaky hand trying to open the overhead kitchen cabinets. Paul is highly secretive and his colleagues have never even been to his house or know of anyone from his family. I prefer mysterious Paul. Paul says, "My home is my fortress of solitude," which is also the episode's title. In layperson's terms, fortress of solitude is the place where Superman discovered his true identity. The whole conversation between Jim and Paul about memoir and memoir was really funny. Jim's patient Grace is happy with her sister in Vancouver. Jim is pleased with Grace's mental health progress. During dance session with Jim, he explains how the barista from the coffee shop bothers him asking, "How was your day? How do I spell Dan?" Jim tries to reason with Dan and explains that this hating everyone shtick is pretty lonely. Jim and Dan visit the same coffee shop and the barista Stan takes their order. These are the days by inhaler plays in the coffee shop. Stan asks Jim how his day is going. So he asks everyone, he's a nice dude. Dan and Stan bond over the fact that they both hate oat milk. I bet Dan doesn't hate Stan so much now. Jim rushes to the meeting with Alice's guidance counselor Malik. Liz is already present there. Of course, Liz knows Alice better than Jim. The only question Jim knows the answer to is which colleges is Alice interested in. Liz was answering everything else. Jim feels humiliated. Back at the office, Paul reminds Jim that he needs to be grateful to anyone who helps them raise their kid with love and respect. 
Gabby feels that someone needs to tell this white lady Liz to back off a little. Jim points out the obvious that even he's white. Paul says, you are so white. Jim says, okay, so are you, Paul. Paul replies, no, I am not. That is so true. Of course Harrison Ford is a silver fox. Brett Goldstein's line, not mine. And it's a great line. I love it. Gabby describes Liz as a real mama bear. I love Liz. Brian, Jim and Sean meet Grace's husband, Donnie, and his lawyer. Brian lists the facts that he has 30 witnesses who can testify that Donnie initiated the attack and Sean defended his therapist. The assault had a more severe effect on Jim than on Donnie. Donnie drops the lawsuit. Brian has never done this before because he's an estate attorney. Brian compares himself to Atticus Finch, the lawyer from To Kill a Mockingbird, Juliana Margulies from The Good Wife, and Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Brian wants to go out with Sean and Jim to celebrate, but Jim has work. Brian invites Jim for a game of pickleball at 8, but Jim is busy. Sean wonders what Brian did because he's supposed to be Jim's best friend. Brian reveals that he has no clue. Sean asks, what's pickleball? Brian says, only the fastest growing sport in America. Sean reacts, saying, maybe for white people. Even I'm hearing of pickleball for the first time ever. Alice meets Paul in a public park. They sit on a bench and discuss about Jim. Alice doesn't want to go for drinks under the bridge. Paul explains that Alice's friends have not been through the same things that Alice has been through. Alice thinks they are lucky. Paul's response is, they may be lucky for now, but no one goes through this life unscathed. Not even Mr. Shaky Hands. Remember I mentioned Paul's shaky hands in the kitchen scene at the office? Paul asks Alice, are you going to let your grief drown you? Or are you going to face it and come through the other side? Alice is not ready to share her grief with Jim yet. Still, Paul encourages Alice to try spending time with Jim. Alice says, I've decided therapy sucks. That is if you don't find the right therapist. Paul doesn't want Jim to know that he's talking to Alice behind his back because he'll make a big fucking deal out of it and wanna hug him or something like that. Alice starts laughing because she knows that's exactly what he would do. Alice spills the beans about the incident where Jim's patient defended him, but she describes it as his patient starting the brawl. That's not true, sweetie. That's so not true. At the office, Jim is having a session with Wally. She has several compulsions who believes that following these compulsions will stop bad things from happening. I think we all possess some kind of magical thinking to a degree. The moment Jim assures Wally that it's a safe space, Brian barges into Jim's office and confronts him. Brian knows that Jim is not busy. Tonight, he'll go home, sit in the dark, pour some whiskey in his Santa mug and drink alone. At Liz's house, we see that Derek, Liz's husband, is so supportive. I know sometimes he makes some snarky remarks, but it's all in jest. Derek really loves Liz. When Gabby visits Jim's house, she first compliments Liz on being great with Alice and then casually slips the information about being Alice's godmother. She also suggests Liz needs to back off a notch in taking care of Alice. Liz feels hurt because Gabby has not been around despite claiming to be Alice's godmother. 
Liz is aware that Gabby thinks Liz is such a mom but not as a compliment. Liz, for me you are a great mother and I wish you cared for me as you do for Alice. In the truest sense, actually Liz is Alice's godmother. At the office, Paul confronts Jim about the brawl at the soccer game. Jim is apologetic about the situation. Paul questions, you know who's the most important person in your life right now? Jim's response is more like a question. He says, you? Paul snaps at Jim saying, no you shithead, your daughter. Jim says, right, that's what I meant. Paul says, I'm second. Sounds like Paul loves Jim and cares about him. Paul reminds Jim, Alice has had a hard enough road and she'll run like hell if you're not careful. I'm speaking from experience here. Jim's response is, I hear you. Going back to what Paul said, did Paul's daughter leave him because he wasn't there for her? Paul reiterates, do not jeopardize her well-being, got it? Jim nods. Paul reacts infuriated. He says, a nod is not enough, I want a promise. Jim says, okay. Now Paul loses it. Jesus man, say the word, promise. Jim says, promise. How hard is it for people to say the word promise, make a promise and keep it? People, please take cues from this conversation. I have had to deal with so many fucking idiots who can't communicate properly and can't say the right things and keep their goddamn word. It's not that hard. You can learn and you can do this. Paul spots the water bottle on his desk and asks Jim if it is his doing. Jim really appreciates Paul's guidance and tries to hug him. But Paul just gives him a cold shoulder. At Sean's house, Sean's parents banish him because he got into a fight defending his therapist. He needs your support. Don't banish him like that. He did the right thing defending his therapist. Clearly, no good deed goes unpunished. Alice checks with Liz if she can have dinner with her dad instead of their Taco Tuesday plan. The song 17 by Shogren plays in the background. Alice hopes that Liz didn't go through any trouble prepping for Taco Tuesday. Of course, Liz says no, she's casual about it, but my heart breaks for her. In the evening, Jim is sitting in the dark pouring whiskey into his Santa mug and drinking alone. Was Brian right or was he right? Sean is sitting by himself at a diner. He messages someone and puts his phone down. Alice gets chicken sandwiches and a burger from the Nashville place that Paul had suggested. She's surprised to learn that Jim is not in the house. Jim walks down the stairs dressed to leave for Brian's pickleball. Jim specifically asks Alice if she wants to have dinner with him because he'll cancel his meeting with Brian. But Alice denies and blatantly lies that the sandwiches are for her and Liz. At the pickleball game, Brian was absolutely certain that Jim would show up. A disappointed Alice goes to Paul's house for dinner. Paul and Alice watch the basketball game on Paul's big TV over the song This Life by Vampire Weekend. Alice thinks Jim made an excuse to avoid having dinner with her. Oh honey sweetie baby, he did not. He specifically asked you and you blew him off. Paul is very secretive about his personal life. He doesn't even let Alice look at the album or the framed photos around the house. He drinks water from the same bottle that Gabby left for him at his desk. 
After the pickleball game, Brian wants to talk about why Jim ghosted him for a year. Jim tries to avoid answering the question, but he has no choice other than revealing it. Brian was there for his friend. He was willing to stop Jim from drowning in his grief, but Jim cut him off. Brian is Jim's best friend. He's a goddamn ray of light. He's human Zoloft, which is a medication for depression. I appreciate you, Brian. I wish you were my best friend. Jim didn't want Brian's help. He wanted to be miserable and hit rock bottom because his wife died. But as for Brian, everything goes his way. He lightens the mood saying, I didn't say everything goes your way. Brian understands where Jim is coming from, so he apologizes. Jim receives a text and he needs to leave. Of course, Brian and Jim have a lot of love for each other as friends, so they say love you instead of goodbye. It was such a genuine moment that I said it before they did. Alice returns home and she's shocked to see Sean in the house. Jim clarifies that Sean needs a place to crash. The end credits begin over the song Do You Wanna Talk by Circa Waves. I mean, therapy is all about talking. I wanna talk. Do you wanna talk? Well, I'll continue talking. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.